Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. So crack a high life and take a sip on that T-I-T. Get up and scream, and you can spell it backwards. You know what I mean. Your boy Brando in the house tonight. Gonna lay it down smooth and keep it tight. When Ben Watson gets on the mic, you better get ready because he brings the hype. It's about that time you already know that nasty trip, this nasty flow. The inside trip that is the show. Don't wind up on your back, bro. All right, what's up, wrestling fans? We are back. It's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast coming at you with episode number 59. My name is Brandon Olinger, and join with me as always is my man, Ben Watson. And this week, we have a special guest on the mic with us for your listening pleasure. None other than 2018 NCAA All-American from North Carolina State, redshirt freshman, Tariq Freaking Wilson. What's up, Tariq? Thanks for coming on with us today. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, no problem. Uh, as I was telling you earlier, before we kind of jumped into this, we were up in Cleveland watching you this past weekend, and you were just as exciting um, as any other wrestler in the country to watch. The talk of the town. Um, what a remarkable run to a third-place finish to become an All-American. How's that feel? How does that feel to hear, you know, Tariq Wilson, All-American? Uh, it feels good. I actually uh, got back. Get back to school, some of my buddies were joking around, like, oh, my God, is you, that that's Tariq Wilson, like, you're an All-American, like, is there anything I do for you? And I was like, guys, come on, you guys know me, I'm just Tariq, just a regular, same guy I was before we left the tournament, and they're just joking around, like, oh, can I get your autograph? Like, you're so famous, dude. Oh, my God, <laughs> see you. I'm like, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, you guys have a joke. You say that you're the same guy, but, I mean, I'm not sure you are, man, because, what the hell happened in Cleveland, dude? I mean, you went off. Uh, basically, it was uh, I talked to uh, NCAA champion Mike Mock, Machiavelli before uh, before we left, and uh, he gave me a little pep talk. He told me that seeds doesn't mean anything. Like he's seen guys come in unseeded and become become the top and do well, and uh, he just said you have to believe in yourself. Uh, and then he's going, he's going to talk about himself. Like, all oh, these people texting me saying, you can actually win it, but I had to believe in myself. And I could believe. And then uh, I, I took that with me to NC State, uh, to the NCAs. And I was like, all right, it's time to believe in yourself. You can go out there, you're the best, the best competitor here. Uh, whenever you're going to not, you're going out there, you're going to win. No scenario, you run them through your head, you're going to lose. Go out there, give it your all, and uh, you can accomplish the win and uh, do well for the team. Yeah, I mean, you, you definitely did that. Obviously, you, you put things together at the right time and, and really, I mean, turned a lot of heads this weekend. And I'm sure, I mean, we're going to dive into your performance a little bit more here in just a second. But, you know, first off, I want to say North Carolina State as a whole, as a team, you guys had such a great tournament, including tying with Michigan for a fourth-place team finish and bringing home a trophy. What's the feeling been like amongst the coaches and the team about your guys' performance this weekend and that accomplishment? Uh, uh, we're all excited that we got to accomplish the main goal that we decided in the beginning of the season was to go to NCAs and come back with the trophy. So we're all excited. Um, but some of the guys on the team, were, we don't want this to be the end. We, 
uh, national titles. Uh, of course, absolutely. So, so hey, I got to ask, have you guys given Pete Renda any good ball busting for uh, losing that team point in one of his matches? You know, you guys wouldn't have tied Michigan had that not have happened. Uh, no, no. But uh, I heard, I don't really, I didn't even know we lost a team point, to be honest, coming in uh, for the team race. I didn't even know until a couple of days ago when someone told me that we lost a team point and it was because of uh, Pete. And uh, he told me the story, like, Pete was like, oh, my, if we lose, it's all my fault. Oh, man, no. But then, like, we talk, I talked to Pete the other day and I was like, man, Hey, sorry. We we still got it done. And he was like, "Yeah, I don't I don't know what it, what I was thinking." I was like, "You got caught the emotions on, it's like you're, you're fine. You're fine. It's an emotional. It yeah, it's an emotional sport. Things happen, obviously. So, what have you been up to since you got back to Raleigh? Uh, uh I've been just hitting the books. Uh, so with school and doing homework, trying to get ahead. Uh, also playing some Fortnite with uh, a couple of friends. They even <laughs> went on Instagram. Yeah, that's the new new rave, the new game. Uh, I'm excited to start playing it. And got uh, some friends from Instagram, started playing with them. And that's what I've been doing for the last five days. So being kind of like a college kid again, you know, not having to cut weight yeah. and <laughs> actually being able to eat a little bit, hit the books. I got you. Um, All right, dude. So we're from Ohio. We're from Dayton, Ohio. You're from Steubenville. First off, where the hell is Steubenville? I think it's east somewhere from here, right? Yeah, all right. it's southeast. Southeast is on the border of Ohio and West Virginia along the river. Uh, from Dayton, it's a three-hour drive. I, I know that because my mom, she lives in Dayton right now. Oh, no doubt? I, cool. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so when she travels back home and forth, she just three hours. All right, so like we were saying, we're from Ohio. We definitely knew the name. We knew you were good. But like we said earlier, you had a coming out party at NCAAs, man. I think everybody enjoyed watching you. When did you kind of develop this like high pace, high flying style that you that you that you showed off at the NCAAs? Was it more just that was what presented itself or is that just kind of how you wrestle all the time? That's that's how I wrestle all the time. I usually wrestle in high school. I wrestle like that. Go out there, score points, be excited, get the fans into the match. Uh, I've always tried to put on a show for the fans too, because they're there to see. Be, they're, they're part of it too. They're part of wrestling. Some some of them you'll see uh, moving, uh, doing the motions. I'm uh, getting actually involved and in thinking that they're wrestling out there. So I've always been able to wrestle of that high pace and caliber, but. Uh, it was a mental thing. Uh, coming and losing and I, in high school, I wasn't big on losing, but losing matches, like, I, I kind of shied away from my wrestling and wrestled other styles. But uh, at the NCAA, I uh, wanted to have fun, so I got back to the basics uh, and uh, wanted to wrestle my style, and that's how I, what I did. I mean, obviously, it worked out for you. I think I heard a crazy statistic that said something uh, you know, along the lines that you had like twenty-four, roughly twenty-four takedowns in the tournament, and gave up only like two. That's that's insane. Yeah, I didn't even. I seen that on Twitter too. I didn't even know. Uh, I was going out there just with the ability of just one point, uh, whether it was on bottom or getting riding time. But coach always knew that uh, I am I am good. Like he would always say, like your best position 
it's definitely neutral. No one can hang with you on your feet. And uh, so I just started doing, uh, started going neutral more in NCAAs rather than uh, like I've been doing in the, uh, during the season. So one of the things I noticed at the tournament is that, you know, you were so busy getting on, you know, after, you know, getting to your offense and just constantly attacking that you rarely let your opponents even attempt to get to their offense. And a lot of times this would frustrate your opponents into then, you know, having to go for big moves and you would counter them to their back. Is that, I mean, is that something that you plan with your style? Did you plan going into the tournament that you were just going to constantly be on the attack? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I talked to Pat uh, and all the other coaches, and they said, listen, you need to go out there and attack first. Score points early in the first period and then build on that. Once you score points on the first period, early your opponent will be flustered. They don't know what to do. They don't know what went on. Like, how, how did he just score within the first 15, 20 seconds of the match? Uh and that's what that's what uh, that's what I uh, took from the conversation was go out there, score early, and continue to score, build on it. Don't sit back and try to relax and hold on to the lead. Uh, go out there, give it your all, and eventually just have fun. That's what wrestling's all about, having fun. And that's what I that's what the NCAA is. I, it was fun. It was fun going out there to wrestle. So like as if I could wrestle four more matches after the tournament was all over. I didn't want it to be over. I mean, you looked like you were having fun. I watched a lot of your interviews. We were there at the tournament, so we didn't get to see the interviews that you did with Track until I started watching kind of some of them today, and you looked like you were just having a great time. Is there anybody that that you can't get that single leg on? Dude, I mean, you're living on that person's left leg, like the entire tournament. You know, you could they could charge you rent. You're living there so much. <laughs> uh, not, there's a few people uh, I, I can get it, but I can't finish one. Uh, Kevin Jack, he's good. Uh, it's hard for me to finish on him. Also, Sean Foss, he's good with that, uh, having a single in there. Uh, he is wrestling with him during the season. He always, always frustrated me because I could never finish it. I would have it in the air, and he would go limp with his knee, and we would get back to our uh, uh, neutral and our stance and get back to wrestling. And I was like, wow, I, I, I come to the coaches like, yeah, I, I'm doing everything right. I just can't finish. And they were telling me, like, yeah, well, he's good there, but you just need to climb up slowly and work to it. And I was like, all right. And so that's what I just continue to do. Uh, just work on that single and work several different positions with the coaches that they that they seen that from their perspective what I need to work on. Obviously, you were very fortunate enough this year to have some some pretty good training partners in the room with you. You've just named a couple of them. Sean Foz, the starting 125-pounder. Kevin Jack, the starting 141-pounder. Um, you've got the Morris brothers. Uh, coincidentally or not, you guys all seem to be about six foot five. Um, do you think... <laughs> You know, being able to work out with guys like Foz and Jack on a consistent basis, that that's one of the reasons you were able to, to really progress as the season went along? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Sean gives me a different look than Kevin, uh, which could also be great. Kevin gives me the tall, winky aspect, even though there's no one in my the 133 weight that's as tall or, or that has the same build as me, but there's eventually I'll see someone that has that 
that feel. So Kevin gives me that, and Sean gives me that, uh, you know, added hands-on, uh, hand-fight-into-a-shot feel. But there's also other guys that, uh, like non-starters and red shirts, that also help me through the season. Uh, uh, Zerk, he's a short, stocky, so there's guys that uh, have the weight that are short and stocky, so I wrestled with him just to get that feel. Uh, Who was that? There's several other guys that... Uh, Zurich Storm. He's oh, okay. a red shirt. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, there's also several other guys that helped me out through the, the process of the season, just to give me different looks of uh, different types of wrestling. So what you're saying is is that you and Luke Plecher aren't close in height? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I've, seen that. I've seen that in the picture. Uh, it seems like I was uh, a couple, uh, like four inches taller than him. I was like, wow. Yeah, uh, yeah. Wrestling him versus Foz or uh, Jack's a little bit different. I gotta imagine. Yeah. Okay, so I you. Was like, wow. <laughs> was it kind of cool to come back to Ohio to wrestle in the NCAA's for your first tournament? Uh, it was. Uh, I I thought I actually like thought about this. Like, yeah, it'd be cool to go back to Ohio, put on a show, and do good. Um, I like just even place at a. Uh, the NCAs in Ohio would be something that it would be a great feeling just because it's back in the home. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of people I know or know of me in Ohio since I wrestled there. Uh, so it was a great feeling, but I didn't expect didn't expect doing that good coming my freshman year. I didn't expect me now doing that good place in third. Especially, I thought I was just gonna. Right, I was gonna place at NCAs. It's not gonna be like something. Just gonna get a trophy and then come back to rally and get back to work. But I mean, that's how I'm saying. Like through the progression of wrestling and being a freshman wrestling and season, my mindset has totally changed. All right, so let's kind of jump into the tournament here a little bit. You know, when the draws first came out, how much attention did you pay to your draw, and what were your thoughts, your initial thoughts about it? I'm not sure if a lot of people know this, but, you know, going into the national tournament, I was looking at some of your your results this year, and you had actually, I think you had lost three out of your last four dual matches, 
and five out of the last eight matches overall that you had wrestled entering the national tournament. And I think even going back to January 1st, you had lost six out of your last 11 matches. You then go into the national tournament. And let me, let me scratch. Let me rephrase that. How do you go from that or what changed for you to go from that to going on such a dominant run at the tournament, winning five of six matches, including victories over the five seed, the four seed, the three seed? And let's face it. I mean, you had the number one seed, Seth Gross, on the ropes in the semifinals. What, how, do, how do you make that, that transition or that adjustment? Uh, wrestling them, all the guys that I uh, lost to wrestling the first time, I made adjustments from, from there. Uh, knowing that, like, I did a little mistakes, uh, if I would have fixed those little mistakes, I'm, there's a different outcome. The, the whole match is flipped and it could be in my favor. So whenever I lost against those guys, I did take it hard. But at the same time, uh, I talked to the coach and they were like, yeah, you did a little mistake here. Uh, you got down big by six points against um, Cade and Italy. Uh, so that, that really puts you out of the match. And being down six points early uh, against an elite guy, is, it's hard to come back from. So, so that's when I uh, – but then they also told me that, you know, you're, you're, if you wrestle that guy five or three times, the, the outcome is different. It's a different outcome with the matches closer. And, and I just took what uh, – with the losses and uh, what the coaches said that I needed to adjust on, and I took that with me into the NCAAs because I knew they were going to, I was going to have to make those adjustments early, uh, and now instead of later on. So, so those little just having a little adjustment changed the my yeah. wrestling. Yeah. So did your confidence? Did your confidence grow with each win at the NCAA tournament, or were you already pretty confident coming in? I mean, I'm sure you you have to have some confidence coming in and beating John or Nasty, you know, the five seed first round. But you know, after you do that, are you like, and then you see that you got Montoya who just upset Tayra, you're like, man, I might be able to put a little run together here. Oh well, yeah, definitely. Uh, after the first match, uh, that was that was big. That was a big confidence confidence uh, match for me, uh, especially because. Uh, the coaches knew that uh, I could be like good and wrestle good, and the outcome would be like real close. So, so but me winning it definitely built up to my uh, conference level. And then beating Montoya, uh, start on the guy. Now, now like I'm in the quarters. Like I'm three matches away from being in the finals. Um, right now I'm focused on the quarters, but confidence. And then after being Kate, I'm like, all right, now, now I'm here. So talk to me about this Brock match, Tariq. Um, you know, earlier in the season, you, you kind of hit on it previously. Earlier in the season, Cade Brock got the best of you. I think he beat you by a 16-1 to tech fall. What was your mindset going into that match, knowing, you know, if I win this, I'm guaranteed an All-American. You know, if I lose here, I'm dropping down to the blood rounds. Obviously, you went out there with the mindset that you were going to win that match because your performance, I mean, your performance, you know, spoke to that. But what were you thinking going into that match? Uh, this is, this is a revenge match. This is, this is, uh, a match that I, I've been won. I've been waiting for. Uh, this is, will show him that the first time, yes, I, I did 
you did beat me bad, but this is going to be a different outcome. This is a different mindset trick. This is a different. I've made adjustments from when, since the last time you seen me. Uh, so that's that's really what it was. Just uh, me against me, just getting my my revenge. It was just a revenge match. I want to hit on those adjustments here. Oh, sorry, go treat. Go ahead. No, I want to hit on those uh, um, technical aspects that you switched at one point. So I, I was rewatching the match this morning. Where I saw, I think, was the biggest turning point in that match is you got in on that leg early, and he tries to hit that Jonesy tilt on you a couple times, and you guys both roll through, and you're able to get that first takedown. I mean, do you think if he gets that Jonesy tilt and he's up 6-0 again, it's a different – I mean, it's obviously a different match, right? I mean, that was probably a really big part part, part of the match. Yeah. Uh, what uh, listening to my coaches uh, when I was in that position helped me out. They uh, told me to shake the hand free, get that arm free, because once he gets a trap and it's locked, uh, yeah, he's definitely getting six. Definitely getting six. Take down and four backs if it was tight enough. But he didn't. So what? What technically did you kind of switch in that match? I, you know, what I noticed is that you got you got that takedown. You got Brock kind of chasing. And then he starts to try to do that back arch, and then you just crunch him a bunch. Uh, the adjustments I made for that uh, would be not hanging my hands, not just leaving him posted on his body, because he has a nice slide back. Uh, he hit me with that uh, at least four or five times in Italy. Uh, and our coaches, before the master said, all right, you need to keep your hands moving, feet moving. Uh, don't let them rest your hands. Uh, but go out there and attack when you have an opening. And then in the uh, upper body situation, I knew uh, I knew that I was confident there. Uh, I rarely, rarely get hit in the upper body. I wrestle with the, the Morrises. They do upper body a lot. Uh, Obi, I wrestle with him. He has a nice inside trip. So I've been working on how to uh, get up out of the inside trip just by stepping over or shifting shifting my body to the outside where it's hard for them to inside trip me to my back. Yeah, I th- when it comes to upper body, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable right there. You know, I think we've seen that, you know, with Brock earlier in the season as well. Um, he's when he tries to trip guys who are taller than him, he's susceptible to be p- being put on his back. I think it happened in his match against Montori Bridges when they wrestled Wyoming as well, if I'm not mistaken. So you definitely, I mean, obviously you were definitely able to take advantage of that. You know, let's let's talk about your, you know, you win that match. You're going into the semi or the semifinals against, you know, one seed, top-ranked guy in the country, Seth Gross. You know, I, I hate to keep repeating the same question, but at this point in time, you know, what are you thinking going into this match? You're a guaranteed All-American. You know, the, obviously, if I'm if I'm looking at this situation, none of, there's no pressure on you. All the pressure is on Seth Gross in this situation. So what are you thinking going into this match? Uh, don't back down. Don't, don't be afraid to go out there and wrestle um, just because he's a number one seed. He's ranked one. He... He lost, but the only time he lost is when he went up a weight. Just don't don't be afraid of him. That's that's where my mindset was. Don't be afraid of him. Uh, go out there and wrestle. Wrestle your match. From and that was the the mindset. From a technical standpoint, did you have an offensive game plan going into that match? 
Uh, yeah, the coaches, the coaches told me that he has a, a nice Russian. And, uh, so, so not to let my arm get trapped in the Russian cause he's really good there. So that's why, uh, I didn't want to tie up with him either. Just like Kay Brock or eventually, uh, Luke Fletcher. I, I don't want my hands to be tied up by just resting. It's not a, a good feel for me and it's not, not my style of wrestling. So the game plan was to not do that and, uh, just continue what I was doing earlier, earlier in the, tournament and uh, earlier that day all right so <laughs> i this was we, i was going nuts i was going nuts in the stands at this point in time so you shake hands boom you're in on his freaking left leg surprise i mean Tariq wilson and on somebody's left leg you get two takedowns on him first period i think it's like four to one dude what's going through your head at this time you're beating the number one seed four to one and you're putting it to work a little bit Just because I've taken him down, I'm a four-one. Yeah, he can come back. So keep uh, keep sharp, keep your mind ready, uh, sharp, uh, and just continue to wrestle. Go a whole seven minutes. I wrestled the whole entire seven minutes, not just not just the first four uh, right four minutes. Just finish the match out completely. So he gets you in that east, and I think in the second period, kind of get some points there. Um, you know, but you don't back down, right? I mean, he's up a little bit, but you you keep pressing forward. I, I mean, that, that's to me, that's crazy. I don't know, man. I, you know, we're fans here, just sitting here watch that. But didn't you get two takedowns in like the last thirty seconds to put this thing into overtime too? Yes. Uh, I looked at the scoreboard. I seen I was down uh, three, but that for me, that's manageable. I'm uh, I'm not worried about being down three points. Especially having my offense earlier in the in, in the match, uh, I was confident. I was like, "All right, I'm down three, but don't lose." See, some wrestlers they lose their their head, lose their focus. Oh, I'm down three. I need to I need to go big to, to come to get back in the match. No, just stay calm, focus, and uh, just chip away at it. And that's what I decided to do: just chip away, uh, get a takedown. Uh, and then after that first takedown. Put me back within two, or I think. All right, I got to do that again. I got to keep taking him down. Grinding uh, him is not going to play a factor. He has two minutes of riding time, so you gotta you gotta keep scoring on You know, so you talk about keep continuing to stay calm and focused. You know, <clears throat> obviously, you know. The match went into overtime. It didn't work out to your favor. Seth Gross, you know, was the victorious wrestler, went on to the finals. You dropped down into the consolations, the Concy semifinals. What were you and your coaches, you know, what were you thinking? What were your coaches telling you to keep you, you know, calm and to continue to stay focused because there was still a lot of points to be earned, you know, still a lot of advancement that you can do. Um, how did you go from being, ultimate, you know, literally – you know, seconds away from making the finals to then now dropping to the consolations. How did you keep yourself focused and calm going down there to continue to wrestle? Uh, uh, I knew that this is a team aspect. We wanted a team trophy. Uh, I couldn't just be down on myself or be thinking about that last loss. I, I have to go out there and wrestle my next two matches to get us some team points to, to make the, to get a, eventually get a trophy. Uh, I put 
to me, and that's what helped me. Uh, they, they told me that I, that you're wrestling good. I was like, that match is in the past. It already happened. You know, just keep continuing to wrestle how you're wrestling, and you'll get third. Uh, and, and they said, not you won't get third. You will get third. And so, and I just started believing that. Uh, all right, third is mine. Third, third place is what I will be getting at the end of this I'm not letting anyone or anything stop me from getting You know, I keep hearing you talk about, you know, believing in yourself and believing in your offense. And I'll tell you what, a lot of athletes say these things and, you know, I, I, I'm sure they do. They, they do mean it and believe it. But it was so evident this weekend that when you were wrestling, that you really did believe in your ability. And, you know, I want to talk about another match. Now, you go down, you, you win your consolation semifinal match. I think it was against Rutgers Del Vecchio, if I'm not mistaken. And then you move on to the third and fourth place match against another guy in Luke Pletcher, who previously he beat you in the last duel of the season. I think the score was seven to three. It was a very controlling type victory for Luke Pletcher. Um, he shut your offense down. He was able to ride you really prevented you from, from really doing anything. What adjustments did you make in that match against Luke Pletcher? Uh, you know, aside from just not letting him control the ties to allow you to, to, to really, I mean, you manhandled him. You you just worked him in every position. You put him on your back, and you turned a seven to three loss earlier in the season to I think a seventeen to eight major decision for third and fourth place. What what changes did you make there? Uh, just not uh, not to get up there and uh, he's Ohio State and you're Ohio. Uh, this is going to be big. Like, you guys, like, how would it feel to wrestle against a? Uh, your home state, like I didn't, I didn't get caught up in that. Uh, well, I didn't get caught up in the commotion of, oh well, he's a third seed, that type of, type of, type of uh, mindset or attitude. I, I just, you know, to me, what I think is the most impressive thing is um, the ability to kind of change your mindset and and stay confident against these top ranked guys. We all know you had success in high school. I think you played sixth and then second three years in a row. But you know, I mean these guys are these guys are heavy hitters too, right? These are some of the top recruited guys in the country. Not to say that you weren't, you know, heavily recruited, but you know, I really just want to dive into that mindset of how do you go from, you know, losing nine matches before the NCAA tournament to just believing that you could legitimately win the NCAA tournament. I mean, is it really just the coaches saying you can do it and Mike Mock saying, hey, you can do it? Or is it, I mean, or was it kind of you finding your way throughout the tournament? Like, okay, I think I can do this. All right, I just beat Ernesti. I think I can do this. All right, I just whipped Brock. I think I can do this. All right, I just crushed Ovecchio. You know, again, was the confidence just growing each time you had another match where you were just beating them up? Uh, it's it's both. It's both. I wouldn't just say it's just one particular. It, it's both. Uh, once you succeed and start uh, winning matches, your confidence will always always continue to to grow. You will after each win, you will be more confident than the last or the two before that. But also having a, a strong background and, and support will also take a long way. Take you a long way to just hearing it not from yourself but other people that you're able to accomplish anything that is that that and along with the confidence both is uh 
That makes a lot of sense. So I got to ask. I think um, I think Melissa Simmons, who's you know very close to the North Carolina State Wrestling Program, is she the sports information director? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I think she put something out there on social media that you never want to wrestle off this year. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, she she asked me before she put that out there. She's like, "Yeah, do you you want me to uh, put it? Is this okay to put it out there?" I'm like, "Yeah, you know, just like having fun. Like it was, it was a fun tournament." So she put it out there, and then uh, I was actually surprised when I heard it when I was wrestling. I was like, "Wow, that that didn't, that didn't take that." that long for uh, the word to get out. I, I never uh, won a wrestle off, but that is true. Uh, I was 0-3. 0-3. three. Who were you wrestling off? Was it Morris? Yeah, Jamel. So I saw you, you lost to him twice this year, I think, in open tournaments. Uh, did you lose to him once, like in a wrestle-off in the room as well? Yeah, we had, uh, it was before the uh, football game. We had a little wrestle-off. Okay. So what what ultimately made the coaches decide to make you the starter rather than Jamel when he had basically had your number this year? Uh, they just thought that going uh, going along in the season that I would be the better choice uh, of scoring points or giving the ability for us to be in winning positions. Well, obviously, uh, I think they they made the right decision. No offense to to Morris, there he's a fine wrestler, but um, you you proved your coaches right with your with your spectacular performance to cap your season off. Um, let, if you don't mind, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about your recruiting process. You know, I think you know as been alluded to earlier, you were you were a, you were a very good wrestler in high school, multiple time state finalist. Um, I think you actually even you won the Ironman your senior year, right? What was that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, um, I think if I'm not mistaken, it was against was it? I think it's Cole Matthews from Reynoldsburg. Does that yeah. sound? Yeah, we've actually had the fortune of watching him the the last couple of Ironmans, and I mean that boy can scrap. Very good, very good scrambler. Um, just crazy good wrestler. But how heavily were you recruited? Uh, uh, I was under the radar. I was under the radar and recruiting. I think there's only a, a couple schools that were really looking looking into me. Uh, so not that much. But I, I think after Ironman, even that was when I committed to interstate before that. But once I had Ironman, I won it. That's when people were like, "Wow, who is this kid? Mm-hmm. Who, who, what's what's going on with this kid? Why why haven't we heard of this kid before?" But so if you don't mind, I had decided to. I'm sorry if you don't mind me asking. What were, what were the other schools that that kind of heavily recruited you outside of North Carolina State? Uh, Pitt wanted me to come. Uh, Indiana, Kent. Uh, I think that, that was, uh, some a couple like NIA and Division two schools wanted me to come to their program. What what made you decide on North Carolina State? One, I took my official visit. Uh, I had already been in contact with, with the guys. Uh, uh, I was also so, in contact. Yeah, Max Rouskowski was on the team. Uh, I, I knew him. Uh, wrestled on uh, a team with his brother, and he was a part of the coaching. So, 
So that, and then along with me just coming down and just feeling at home here was the big thing. Uh, I got along with the teammates easily. Uh, uh, the campus was beautiful. Uh, I had all the qualities that I, I wanted. And also the coaching staff. Uh, I bonded with them. Did you kind of have a um, chip on your shoulder when you came to NC State? I mean, you know, like you said, you weren't heavily recruited, you know, but you had, you know, an amazing high school career by almost anybody's standards. Uh, you know, was there kind of a chip on your shoulder when you showed up saying, look, I need to prove that, you know, I'm legit? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I had to prove to myself and to, to the coaches that I, I, I am – enough for to be in your lineup uh i am, will be eventually uh one of the, the your top guys and i had to go out there and wrestle every every match with a, a chip on my shoulder all right talk to us briefly about pat Papalizio, man you know dude took nc state from kind of a i hate to say scrap heap program to a team trophy in like five years i mean to me that's like if you think about it, that's incredible. Was there, I mean, is, you know, what's his presence like in the room? Uh, in the room, uh, he's a straightforward type of guy. Uh, uh, when we get in there, he means, like, he wants us to do a solid work and get everything done. But on a, on a personal level, he's, he's fun. He's, uh, he jokes around. Uh, he listens to music. He listens to rap music, which I, when I, I mean, he's done a hell of a job with the North Carolina State Wrestling Program. I mean, you, turning this team into a perennial, um, you know, t- a perennial top ten team, um, you know, this year even, you know, top five team, you know, so obviously big things are in store for you guys in the future. Um, let's transition to the off season here. So you got the off season coming up. What are your plans for this off season? I, you know, I know last year you wrestled at the Junior World Team Trials. What are you planning on doing this year? Freestyle, I, I might hit the junior world team trials again just because uh, I'm eligible for my age. But uh, I also would, would try to do work a little, uh, work some areas of, uh, that I need to work on still to progress. Uh, so probably do some, try to do some camps over the summer. Okay, great. Um, any are you are you are you eyeballing a specific weight for the junior world team trials? Coaches and they're like, all right, we want you to be at a competing weight, uh, a weight to make the, the team. Uh, and I said, okay, whatever you need, whatever you need me to do, I'm up here. Uh, so. You know, we've already touched on the fact that you're—I mean—you're pretty tall for the weight class. Did you, did you have any difficulty maintaining 133 pounds this year? Uh, as the season progressed, no. Uh, I try to stay within seven pounds 
of the weight class. Uh, that's where I, I like to, to be at throughout the whole season. Uh, I might some days I'll come in lighter than that, but that's where the, the maximum I wanted to be coming into practice each day was seven. And what about next year? Any 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 thoughts or or, or chance we might see you up a weight class next year? Uh, um, I haven't really uh, put much thought into next year. Uh, what weight I'll be going, or if I'll stay at the same weight class. Uh, but also saying that uh, I do whatever whatever thing is best. The coaches think is best for the team. Uh, team player, so the, the, team, the team comes first. I'll put the team before me at, at times. Uh, if the team thinks it's best for me to go 133, then I'll be at 133 again. But if the team wants me to move up, uh, I'll be up a week last. And then speaking of next year, how does it feel knowing that you're going to go into next season as a marked man with a bullseye on your back after you know finishing third place at the national championships this year? It's just like wrestling with a chip on your shoulder. Uh, you're always going to get the uh, person's best. Uh, and that's what I want. I want. I want to have each and everybody's best coming in the next season. And uh, just because I have a bullseye, I'm still going to wrestle with a chip on my shoulder. That is something to prove. Uh, so just uh, the thought of having a bullseye, it, it excites me. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. You know if Kevin Jack's sticking around, is he going to wrestle? Uh, at the, I think I think you guys have a, a, a training center down there, or, or or do you know what's going on with him? Uh, I think he's trying to apply for grad school. To, okay. To, he he will be. Uh, I think he will be around. Cool. Uh, wrestling and helping out the team, I think, but I I'm not so sure. All right, so so I got a I got a t- couple final questions for you here, man. I know we've had you on here for a, about forty minutes, and it's been awesome to talk to you. Who is the toughest dude outside of Gross that you scrapped with this year? Uh, the toughest dude, uh, I would have to say Dom Force. Dom Force. Yeah, I mean, he was he, he's a tough wrestler. Uh, he's straightforward, physical, and he, he stays in good position. Uh, he's always he's always looking to score points, and and uh, he's really hands-on, so he was the, one, of, one of the toughest, I would have to say. Yeah, I figured you were even going to say uh, uh, Forrest, uh, Gustafson, or Mueller, I, and those are all ACC boys, because you had that scrap, with that, that match with Mueller, I remember watching that live on TV, that was a scrap that you and Mueller had, and that was kind of your coming out party when you, with a nice, huge win there. Yeah. All right. Was, uh... Yeah, I mean that's. <laughs> I still remember that match. All right. Give us a name on the uh, NC State team that not a lot of people know about that we need to look out for next year. There's a, there's a couple guys that are that are like not known, but they're they're ready to compete and wrestle. Uh, so 
Give us one of them. Give us at least one. Somebody that, that people, listeners, fans say, watch out for this guy next year. You know, if he's already in the lineup this year, he's, he's going to do big things next year. If he wasn't in the lineup, you know, this year, yeah, he's got a great chance to crack the lineup and then do big things next year. Uh, I'd say Zerk Storm. Storm, okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. He, uh, he, he he has uh he he has some potential. He uh he loves to see. I've been working with him, so uh, I know what he's capable of. Uh, he also also wants to continue to progress and uh, get better in positions. And he'll ask me like, "All right, so I'm in this position a lot. I don't I don't know what to do." And that's that's the type of guy that is dangerous that just wants to better in positions that small thing uh, and learn from the guys that have been here so that's a guy all right we'll definitely be keeping an eye out for him next year okay so one last thing here so it's the finals of the national tournament you've already you know you've earned your all-american your your third place all-american finisher uh, the cameras panning the arena. People are, you know, showing off their best dance moves, and then boom, there you are. I think, if I'm not mistaken, with Miles Martin's dad in the stands having a little dance off. I think you won, in my opinion. But where'd you get them dance moves? Uh, I've always been a dancer. Uh, that's just something uh, I've grown up. I've always liked to dance. I just like to hear music uh, and just love the, to hear the beat of the music and just vibe. And just go all out and just have fun with no judgment. So if you can listen, that's why I like dancing. So if you can listen to one, you know, if you're listening to one artist, one performer in your headphones before a match, who is it? One artist in my headphones. Ah, uh, uh, before before a match, uh, NBA YoungBoy. That's 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 the person I've been listening to for. Uh, all right awesome all right well hey Tariq, listen you know we're at the end here before we go ahead and wrap this thing up i just want to ask is there any you know, do you have any final words any shout outs you want to give anything that you have to say to close this thing out uh, no well, all right it's just a pleasure being here on, on the talk show the podcast and hopefully i'm on here again hey you know yeah, we can definitely make that happen. No, it's not a problem. Well, hey, listen, Tariq, I want to say thanks again for taking the time to come on the podcast with us today. Um, you know, as I said last weekend, as we're watching all the action unfold, you know, Ben and I just kept saying, yeah, we got we got to contact Tariq right away. Want to get him on, have a conversation with him. So thanks again. Um, congratulations again on your amazing performance on your fantastic redshirt freshman season, all American Tariq Wilson, and uh, best of luck to you next year as well. We hope you uh, we hope you continue to progress, and we can't wait to watch you in Pittsburgh next year make that podium for the second time in a row. Uh, thank you, thank you. All right, take I care. It. Take care, Tariq. Peaceful.